Tackling food culture in 2022 can get a little bit confusing if we're all honest. There are constantly new phrases and diets and ways of eating that we all hear are the next best and greatest thing. I have come to find personally over my last few years of just figuring out what eating style is best for me, that whole foods are best. Now, today's conversation is with someone that we probably all already know and love, Daphne Oz from The Chew, The Good Dish, and daughter to Dr. Oz. I have always loved the way that she approaches the kitchen. She approaches it with bold and rich flavors. She savors every food experience, and she always is using whole, real ingredients. This led me to be incredibly intrigued when she launched her last book called Eat Your Heart Out, which is essentially a cookbook to help you reset when you are in seasons of maybe recovering from the holidays, postpartum, seasons of stress, all of these seasons where your body may need a little extra TLC. But what happened was as I dove into this book and started cooking for Colby and I, even though we're not in a reset per se, we're just eating whole foods, I came to love all of these meals so, so much that we are implementing them in our meal rotation. So what I want to encourage you guys with today is you can look at this in one of two ways. If you just feel like you need a little bit of a reset, feel free to approach this conversation and this book in that way. Or if you are looking for recipes to include in your lineup for your table, for your family and guests, you can refer to this conversation and her recipes as a go-to guide for very good quality, plant-based, clean eats, um, gluten and dairy-free as well. So if you do not know Daphne Oz, here is just a little bit more about her. Daphne Oz is an Emmy Award-winning television host, New York Times bestselling author, natural food chef, wife, and mother of four. As co-host of The Good Dish, a new syndicated daytime cooking and lifestyle talk show airing daily nationwide, and the newest judge to join the cast of Fox's hit franchise, Master Chef Junior. Daphne is known to television audiences for her effortless, confident-boosting recipes, healthy twists, and her delicious approach to living life in full. Daphne was previously the co-host of ABC's The Chew. In her newest cookbook, Eat Your Heart Out, All Fun, No Fuss Food to Celebrate Eating Clean, is a collection of 150 recipes free from gluten and refined sugar with limited dairy and full of flavor. The book details the simple five days on, two days off reset that Daphne has followed after pregnancy and whenever she needs to renew healthy habits, lose weight, and to feel great. Her motto is taking good care of yourself should always be delicious. Daphne is a sought-after guest on shows like The Today Show, Good Morning America, The Rachel Ray Show, and Fox and Friends. She's been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Reader's Digest, Glamour, Teen Vogue, Seventeen, Cosmopolitan, People, and U.S. Weekly. In addition to Eat Your Heart Out, Daphne is the author of The Happy Cook, Relish, and The Dorm Room Diet. She received her chef's degree from the Natural Gourmet Institute and is a graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Daphne holds an undergraduate degree from Princeton University. She and her family currently live in Florida. You guys are going to love this conversation, Daphne's infectious energy, and all of just the inspiration and flavors and food that come through it. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, 
meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. Truthfully, I've admired you and followed you for years. It's just um, such an honor to be here. I'm so thankful. I don't know much about your backstory, though. So tell me what you want people to know about what led you to right here. Oh, interesting. Um, my backstory. So I, I feel like that the sort of foundation of everything that I do um, started because I am the oldest of four, but I very much consider myself like the youngest of seven. <laughs> and the way that works is my mom's the oldest of six. And she had me quite young. She was 22. My dad was 25. He was in medical school and then residency. So she spent a lot of time alone, at, which meant she would drive us down to my grandparents' farm in Pennsylvania all the time. And, um, and I really grew up very much being a part of her sort of sibling group with her, with her parents and, um, and always just at their elbows at my mom's elbow, my grandma's elbow, helping to make these meals for what ended up being, you know, 20 people, um, at every family dinner table. (laughs) And inevitably I came to see that it was a real, like, that, that food was obviously a way to nourish ourselves. And I feel really lucky to actually have lived and really grown up at the sort of intersection of Eastern Western health mm-hmm. philosophies in a way. What I came to sort of see through that experience is that, um, oh, I'll go back to the part about my family. I'm sorry. I feel really lucky that I did kind of grow up in this intersection where Eastern and Western philosophies on health were always meeting. So my dad, both my grandpas, my uncle, all surgeons, my mom and my grandma, deeply interested and fascinated by um, medicine, but also like complementary medicine, supplementation, uh, energy uh, healing, uh, aromatherapy, like all the sort of modalities around just taking care of the whole physical being. And um, so our dinner table conversations would be anything from like, you know, robotic surgeries to vitamin D therapies for immunity to like, I mean, just so many interesting yeah. conversations, ultimately all of which triangulated back towards you are the expert in your own health. And you have a lot of power by becoming that expert in, to control the outcome of your of your life, of your vitality. Um, you know, the more sort of research that's being done now into epigenetics, things like that, where you can literally turn genes on and off just based on your diet, like nutrition being a piece of the holistic health bubble is sort of a novelty, which I think is, I think is fascinating because now it feels very commonplace. Now people are much more educated about just basic nutrition tenets and, and, um, and ways to take good care of ourselves. But, but, you know, 30 years ago, that was definitely not the case. And so I felt really lucky. I grew up with, on the one hand, this like deep interest in how does food help us take care of ourselves? And on the other a total hedonistic experience growing up in a very rich food culture of Irish, Italian, um, and Swedish on my mom's side, Turkish on my dad's side, and all of it sort of coming together in a huge family dinner setup where ultimately meals were always a party and always very much like a way to just congregate and gather and share um, our culture as a family and Mm -hmm. share our history and our stories and our recipes. And the thing, and I, I can say with no equivocation that like my happiest memories are all around food and around some special meal that I shared with people that I love. Um, and that is ultimately the core of it. Like Mm -hmm. I care deeply about the sensory experience of like, Oh my gosh, let me savor this, this experience in life, um, Mm -hmm. uh, through food, but also let me, let me fill my memory bank with people that I really care about, Mm -hmm. which inevitably is, is sort of why we end up 
um, putting food on the table and and uh, and putting that time and effort and love into the meals we create. All to say, through all of that, I grew up an overweight kid in a family full of health nuts. And I think people are always a little surprised to hear that because the assumption is always like, well, if you have all the information, like why weren't you in good shape? And it's so all of us know in our own lives that we have good information that we don't always act on. You know? <laughs> um, and I and I think you know it really was very powerful for me to see at a certain point, which which uh, the, my sort of epiphany moment was in college actually when I wrote my first book, The Dorm Room Diet, which was about um, losing forty pounds over the course of my freshman and sophomore years of college, which is sort of oh. different than what most people do when they go away yeah. to school, um, <laughs> without ever sacrificing the wonderful time that college is supposed to be. I went to the parties and the keggers and the, and late night pizza and like studied Mm -hmm. and all the stuff that all these sort of danger zones that I tried to identify. I ended up figuring out ways to navigate without feeling like I was robbing myself of the joy of those moments. But what I, what I really realized was that the information is just like the beginning. The information is just the foundation. The information is just the, the tools you're going to use to ultimately empower yourself. But you, but you really have to have an emotional reason that is calling you to make a change. I mean, if you think about any habit in your life, it's there for a reason. Something about it is deeply fulfilling to you. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's what you've always done. It reminds you of something like whatever the reason is, it's to break any of those habits or to change any of those habits and replace them with new and better ones. You really have to feel like you're getting more than you're giving up and you have to make it as easy and fun and hopefully delicious as possible. So um, it was really about adjusting my relationship with food where for the longest time food was like, food was love and it was energy and passion. And I wanted to keep it as all those things and Mm -hmm. also have it be something that I felt I was always making decisions around not being forced to choose something just mm-hmm. because I hadn't made a better plan or, or found myself in a, in a situation where it was mm-hmm. the only choice. It's a long story all about yeah. how I ended up loving food as much as I do, loving to cook the way that I do, and also loving to balance having pleasure and wellness in every bite, which is what led me to write this book, Eat Your Heart yeah. Out. Curious side note, when did your dorm room book come out? Cause I really the think do- I got it for my high school graduation. <clears throat> oh my gosh. I, I think that. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> the dorm room diet came out in 2006. Yep. I graduated 2010 from high school. I love it. Oh my I got gosh, it. I totally hilarious. got a copy of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, it's a, honestly, I was really blown away by, um, the response and reception to that book because, because, um, you know, so I, it's so funny how things in your life develop the way that they do. But I definitely felt like being, you know, struggling with my weight was going to be something that defined me in a negative way that that I felt like I would always be, uh, you know, I, that I would always struggle with. And instead, it actually gave me such an amazing lens and perspective, an authentic way to talk about health from from the point of view of someone who had to figure out and navigate that balancing act. Um, and in particular, you know, doing it as a college student myself, being able to talk about that experience to people who were in that exact same phase of life and really identify, you know, from my own personal experience, here are the danger zones of college today, mm-hmm. here are how I navigated them successfully and was able to create this change in my life and in my health that I was really wanting to create. Um, and, and I have to say, I was really, I was a shy kid. I was very much, com- I was like really comfortable with adults and, not as much with my peers for whatever reason. I think maybe because I grew up with my, you know, 
with my mom and my, and my grandparents, my older, my older aunts and uncles around all the time. Like I was just always in that sort of headspace. but I will tell you, it is real trial by fire. And you get very comfortable, very quickly talking about really vulnerable subjects. And you have to go on book tour talking about weight loss to like sororities wow. and fraternities, <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, that, so that book, but it was, it did, it did really well. And I was so thrilled. And, and the reason I bring up the sort of change in my headspace around was it going to be this cross to bear or was it going to be this really positive thing in my life is because going through that book tour and seeing how much it was resonating with people and seeing the like the light bulb go off in their head of, oh, wow, I can, I can really make this work. This girl is just like me. She's in college like I am. She's dealing with all the same stressors and, and craziness going on in my life that I am. And she, here's how she made it work. And that sounds like something I could really take bits and pieces of and incorporate in my life. And seeing that positive change begin to happen for people, it, it really like, it removed the shyness. It got me away from feeling like I was just talking about myself and made me realize how much there was a community growing around this feeling of wanting to, wanting to feel powerful around our own, um, you know, physical state and physical happiness and, and, uh, and, and potential. Yeah. All good. Wow. I love it. Love it. And then quick, if you were to kind of like bullet the career steps that led you to where we know you from like TV and your like favorite TV shows. So how did that kind of lead to the the TV opportunities? So I doing dorm room diet, um, doing the book tour, I'd done a bunch of news and press and stuff for the book. So that yeah. was sort of my first bite at the apple there. I actually got a, I got a um, job at inside edition right after graduation um, as a story Perfect. coordinator. So as like the grunt of grunts of producers, um, but they did let me start doing some on air stuff for red carpets and things. Very, very minimal. Um, but then I ended up getting I ended up actually doing um, a certification at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition during this time. So just, you know, always wanting to sort of grow my background and understanding of, again, how to take good care of ourselves from from any number of possible, uh, you know, uh, histories and, and practices. Um, and then I actually, I got the job at the CHU when I was 24 and I was mm-hmm. actually, um, I'd gotten married that weekend. I was home for three days before my husband and I were going on like a weekend mini moon away because he'd just started a new job and couldn't take more time away. Um, and in those three days, I was back in New York between our wedding and when we were leaving, I tried out for the chew and then spent the better part of that year, like doing all these different pilots for that show. And eventually it got greenlit and I was very lucky to be cast on it spent um, six years co-hosting that show. And just, you know, that was a tremendous, tremendous learning curve of just how to cook on TV, eat on TV, talk on TV, you know, all the, all the things um, that I love to do. Uh, And then through that time, I started working a lot with Food Network as well. Uh, And then, you know, one thing led to the next, I um, did more and more with morning shows. um, And then the job with Fox for MasterChef Junior yeah. came about a couple of years ago. That was sort of just, again, like, you know, you're working in this field and you're working in this space of food and um, family. And I think it's like that show is a perfect nexus of both of them. And then The Good Dish actually, um, which is a, a, a cooking and lifestyle talk show mm-hmm. that I've been hosting alongside Gail Simmons and Jamaica Soa for the better part of the last four years. And um, and it went into syndication this past January. Um, it's like that to me is that's like the crux of everything life can and should be in the kitchen. Wow. It was like 
relaxing and fun and hanging with your girlfriends. And you almost don't realize you're learning like a great recipe in the process because you're just there, you know, enjoying the conversation, having a good time. And yet at the end of it, we come together for a great meal and sit around the table and dish on something fun. And um, it was just, it's a show that's meant to be a bright spot on TV, the way that TV can be where it's like, it's, you're here to relax. You're here to be entertained. You're here to connect with people. You're here to feel supported by, you know, friends in the kitchen in our case. And, uh, and we've been having a really good time with it. I'm writing cookbooks along the way, doing a lot of social media along the way, you know, like just running, running, running on all cylinders. We had Gail on a few weeks ago and she explained the show the same way. Yeah. So I love that that experience for you guys has translated, you know, just like across the team. So you such good chemistry in both of those shows with the hosts. I yeah. No, thank you. No, we really, I mean, look, it's, it's, you can't fake friendship. Like maybe you can, if you were an actor, you probably could fake friendship. I am not an actor, so I cannot fake friendship. And I really love these people and, and had a really good time, learned so much and had a really good time. And, um, you know, felt like I, uh, felt like I got to grow up on TV in a really interesting mm-hmm. way. And not in like a, you know, you have those people who you watch grow up on TV through acting roles and things like where you see them play all these different roles and you see them change physically, obviously. And it's really fun and cool, but I feel like, um, there's something interesting about daytime television where you really are having like lunch with a person every day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the can- I'm on screen, but we're in people's homes with them. We're eating a meal with them. We're hanging out with their family with them. It's a very intimate experience. And, and people have seen me, you know, from 24, when I first started, uh, you know, recently married all of this. And then now four kids later, it's just a really interesting, I feel very lucky to have gotten to share that experience in such a variety of interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's really sweet. I love kind of getting the broad scope of the whole process. So, um, okay. So you approach wellness and healthy eating in a really just refreshing way. I don't know any other word to use except refreshing. I feel like it's like you explained before, so relatable, so needed. Um, and so you explained your journey to this a little bit in your story earlier, but I want to talk about how the book is structured that reset, as you call it, um, as like the five days on two days off. Right. So explain that to me. What does that look like for you? Um, as you eat your way through the week on this reset. So let me go back and just explain the premise of eat your heart out a little bit. Eat your heart out is eat your heart out is my new cookbook. And it is, I I've always written books, dorm room diet, perfect example of this, but my last couple books as well. Um, I write because I need them in my own life. And I, you know, go out and look for them in the marketplace. They don't exist. And then I end up doing the research and figuring out a plan that works for me. And, and when I have techniques and tricks and recipes and things in mind that really have made my life easier, better, more delicious, more fun, I feel like I have to put them out there so people can use them too. Um, Eat your heart out. I wanted to put together because I felt like, obviously I, I live and breathe delicious food. It's how I savor my life and experience my life. I don't ever want to give that up. And I also want to fit in my clothes, be able to button up my pants, feel strong in my skin. Feel like I said, feel like I'm consciously making choices when I indulge and when I choose to eat healthily, not that I'm being guided because I haven't made a plan. And I felt like when I would, you know, whenever it was in periods in my life when I felt like I needed a reset. So after childbirth, um, after periods of lots of celebration or lots of stress, times when it's really easy to find that I've become addicted to convenience eating, which are frequently things with lots of, you know, with based in gluten, based in refined mm-hmm. sugar, things that I find very easy to go back to over and over again. When I would find I needed a reset, I would turn to 
plans and, and eating ways that just never felt particularly uh, flexible and also mm-hmm. didn't feel particularly joyful. They didn't feel like they really satisfied the same demanding taste buds that I have to live with all the other rest of my days yeah. of life. So I wanted to find a way to, to really create a reset for eaters and to, and people who love to eat the way that I do. And um, I structured it this five days on two day off thing because I really do feel like anybody can do anything for five days. I think all of us, ultimately, we want more vitality, more energy, better sleep, clearer skin to fit in our clothes better, all these things. And yet when we go down the road of let me figure out how to do this, these just the path feels unnecessarily overwhelming. It feels like a lot of hard work. It feels like another job none of us need. So I really wanted to simplify it and make it very doable and remove some of those barriers to entry by by streamlining what you had to think about. Because something else I found, again, like this is all, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritionist. This is, although I've studied, you know, the, the areas pretty extensively, but I I felt like if it worked for me, it wasn't because of my background. It was because it worked for me in my busy and otherwise chaotic life. So I wanted to share uh, that technique um, because I think it's something people do get bogged down in when they're like calculating and they're thinking about math and numbers and like that's that just was that stole a lot of my joy from eating. So the no gluten and no refined sugar, which are the policies that I put in place for the five days on, mm-hmm. are really just because gluten and refined sugar are the two things that I found were easiest for me to fall into pitfalls with. And, and, um, I found that by ruling them out, focusing on the abundance of other things, um, but Mm -hmm. by ruling them out, I was really able to just like get back into a mindset where I, again, I was making a really good health supportive conscious decisions for myself without getting bogged down in the mental games that we can play around health and wellness. And then the two days off, I found super critical because again, like I said, this is how I, this is how I enjoy my life. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like um, like during the week that I couldn't find time for a night out with my husband or friends that I couldn't go out with the kids on the weekend and have ice cream and like enjoy that part, even when I'm resetting. So this is not something, by the way, this is something important too. I'll use, um, I'll use the reset in this book, you know, for a week or two after the, you know, after the holiday or after a lot of celebrating or a lot of stress or just to get back on track, I'll use it for months on end after I give birth. And I find that that is actually like a really, that's part of what makes it so approachable and so flexible for people is like, first of all, I, ho- I hope that when you're eating the recipes in this book, you're not ever thinking like, oh, cause they're, they're so healthy. That's why I mean, it's like, if, if you're thinking about how healthy they are, I haven't done my job. I want you just to be eating them because you're enjoying them. And they also happen to be supporting your wellness journey. Um, and, uh, and when it comes to the way that I like live within that idea, um, it's, it's actually like pretty simple at this point. It's, um, I end up finding that I like, I'll have oatmeal or I'll have uh, a smoothie in the mornings, or I'll have, I love like a spicy veggie scramble. Um, in at lunchtime, I might do, um, I have a lot of, and, and that's something I, you know, again, the functionality of this, of eat your heart out was super important to me. So I ended up structuring the book very much to like meet people where they are. So there's breakfast re- recipes in here. There's lunch recipes that are uh, soups and salads and something like sandwiches. Again, you know, you could use gluten-free bread for sure, but I try to avoid processed foods when I'm, when I'm doing this, just for the added benefit of removing those from your system. Um, and so I do like lots of, uh, collard wraps or, or like an almond flour or cassava flour wrap, uh, with, you know, some kind of tortilla, or I'll do a salad with grilled veggies and grilled, uh, and grilled protein. Um, I'm thinking grilling right now because it's beautiful summer weather. I know. I'm like, yes, I'm going to get outside <laughs> and grill. Um, and we do, we grill a lot for dinners too. We do like beautiful chicken kebabs or grilled whole fish. Um, 
we do, I'll do like a, like a lentil pot. I mean, not a, like a perfect quick dinner. That's not in the book, but it could be because it's just like something simple that I go back to over and over again, which was also part of this book. I should, I should advertise this more than anything. If it's not delicious, I won't eat it. <laughs> so it was really important to me that this book be craveably clean, that they legitimately be recipes that you want to go back to over and over mm -hmm. again, that they do become second nature for you. So you're not constantly like, what's on this plan again? You know, like that drives me crazy. I just want to mm -hmm. be able to relax into my eating, feel it's intuitive, feel how good it's making me feel in my skin every day and continue on with my life. Um, and have those two days off at the end of the week to savor and relax and do whatever I want, which lets my brain reset too and keeps like me working all in unison with myself, not doing any of the self-sabotage that mm -hmm. we all fall into. Like when you go too cold turkey or you go too restrictive, all of us have been there where you're like, you have a cookie and then you're like, ah, the whole day is ruined. I might as well eat the entire sleeve. You know, <laughs> like, like that is just, I wanted to avoid ever falling into that, that hole again. Um, and so for dinner, we'll do like beautiful grills. We'll do beautiful. Oh, that was going to tell you a really quick um, recipe that I use all the time, which is I do like a lentil pasta or other alternative flour pasta, toss it with, I, you know, my, one of my most visceral childhood memories is my mom or my grandpa making our family's red sauce, which we have like it always frozen in the freezer, but also Rayo's tomato sauce, something I always have in my pantry. Yeah. So whatever, <laughs> tomato sauce, some kind of alternative flour pasta toss it together. Um, you can add a little pecorino cheese. This is my, this is the way like I doll it up. I really like that when I, um, you know, if I have it and I feel like it, and then you take a huge handful of arugula and mm -hmm. toss it in with this thing. I, I know it sounds insane. It is one of my favorite bites ever because I find that alternative flour pasta can get like a little dry sometimes. The arugula keeps it peppery and bright and fresh and juices it up. It is so delicious. It's literally ready in five minutes. <laughs> and uh, and so that's, you know, but again, it's not. And then there's also desserts in this book. Something people are always sort of like, you did a reset book with desserts in it with no refined sugar and no gluten. Um, because I find that, again, if I don't support you through those times when you might feel challenged to find a healthy choice, mm -hmm then I really haven't helped you out very much at all. Everybody can yeah. choose a good salad now and then. Like the idea is really to feel like it's a, it's an intuitive choice and it's when you like to make, which makes it more mm -hmm. likely you will make it. Definitely. Oh my gosh. So many nuggets there. Um, but it's funny that you said that you like that rouse sauce with the, yes. um, gluten-free pasta. I use jovial brand. That's my favorite. Love jovial too. Yeah. yeah not sponsored. Which is my favorite. No, I know. Um, I know. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did I wish arugula. It was. Put, it, put it out in the universe. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, but in addition to that, I added a few marinated artichokes to the mix oh, and like it was that. just, Oh, it was, I just needed that extra flavor kick. It was so good. Yeah. A little juiciness goes a long way. I love that. Oh, I like a mini artichoke. What a nice idea. Oh, I inspired you. I'll take it. You <laughs> did. You did. I might throw some olives in there too. A little roasted <laughs> eggplant. I'm into this. It's so good. Um, so I want to jump back because you were saying you want to make it crave. How crave far? I feel like I've gone every direction. I love it. Oh my gosh. I'm soaking need, it up. I need more coffee. You, you said you wanted to make it. Okay. Craveably clean. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I feel like this is so anti-health culture. And so, Bye. I mean, generally speaking, right? And so, but I feel like people are probably refreshed to hear it, okay? So what techniques and ingredients do you use that makes it that way that maybe other health culture doesn't? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, yeah, it does. It does make sense. And I will say, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that like 
30 years ago, you know, nutrition was not as obviously understood to be so important for your long-term health as it is now. I think the same would be said of health, traditional health culture versus where we are today. I think back when I first started at the Chew and I would talk about quinoa or kale, I mean, Michael Simon would always make the joke like, oh, quinoa, what is that, a loofah? Like, you know, it's always like a whole, you know, people just weren't on the, all, you know, the, the cruciferous vegetables, leafy greens, alternative grains and seeds and proteins train. Um, and that was as much a fault of like the fact that those products weren't as widely available as it was that consumers weren't demanding them that much. And I feel like now, actually, in large part, probably thanks to like social media, the world has become very um, progressive about the way that we view health and wellness. I do think that mm -hmm. there's a lot more being done to get away from restrictive quote unquote health which was very black and white. It was very like, oh, this is healthy. Therefore, this is not healthy. If you've made any choice in the gray zone, it's automatically bad. And I think that is such a destructive way to, to think about food at all. And I also, you know, we're now, we're only now starting to learn more about, in addition to, you know, food literally turning on and off different genes in your body, how, you know, the, the, the mental state of that you're in when you're eating, even that has an effect on your digestion, on your nutrition, on your yeah. ability to absorb that nutrition. So it's just like, so the more we learn, the more we realize that like, sometimes grandparents knew best, <laughs> like, and, you know, you should sit for a meal, you should chew your food, you should savor the moment, you should enjoy it with people that you like, don't eat when you're reading an email or like, you know, distract it, like all these little things that actually really do add up. All coming back to say, I won't speak for other people about craveably clean, but for me, um, I I find that abundance is really important to me. So I don't mm -hmm. want to feel hungry at the end of a meal. I don't think that being healthy has to mean you're hungry all the time. I do think we could do a better job of getting in tune with ourselves to eat more slowly so that like we, our body has time to catch up and tell us we're full. Cause a lot of the time, you know, I'm sure people have experienced this, So just to go a little science nerd on us for a second. Love it. The, the hormones that signal to your brain that you are full take about 20 minutes to catch up with you while you're eating. So if you've eaten to like past oh fullness, you won't know that until 20 <laughs> minutes later, you know? And I, and I, I think that it's, um, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's two things are interesting. Number one is that the hormones that tell you you're thirsty are very closely aligned to the ones that tell you you're hungry. So I, I oftentimes will drink a glass, a big glass of water, like 20 minutes before a meal, just to like get the digestion process starting. And also to make sure I'm eating from, from like hunger and fulfillment, mm -hmm. not because I'm thirsty. Um, and then additionally, I try to eat more slowly and try to prolong my meals so that it's not a, like I saw, again, I saw something on TikTok and it's so weird how everything we know now is from TikTok. <laughs> But this girl got, you know, went super viral because she was just talking about one thing that she does, which is she never, when she's chewing, she's not holding a utensil. She waits until she's mm -hmm. done chewing and then she picks up her utensil and rolls her pasta into another bite and puts it in her mouth. And then she puts her fork down and finishes her chewing on that bite and then progresses. And it's funny, only after watching that video did I realize like, I've got the next bite ready, like while I'm eating the bite, the bite before. And it, you do, you end up eating much faster as a result of that sort of experience. Um... Uh, you eat slower with her method, I'm saying. Um, all to say, I think abundance is really important. I, so I will always like fill my plate with like a big, beautiful salad. Um, I do, I eat veggies at almost every meal. I'll do, um, like I said, the spicy veggie. I do a spicy broccoli feta scramble that I'm obsessed with. This was actually, I can't even claim credit for this recipe. My husband 
developed this delicious recipe that we're obsessed with. Um, I use a lot of fresh herbs. I think that they're an incredibly way, like incredible way to add vibrance to a dish and also nice detoxifying properties, lots of flavor. I will frequently, you know, drizzle some olive oil over a finished plate, A, because it just makes it look glistening and gorgeous and mm-hmm. you can't wait to sink your teeth into it. B, fat carries flavor. C, fat fills you up. Um, I will uh, find ways to excite your taste buds. Like, I don't think that one note is ever interesting. I want a little salt with my sweet. I want maybe a little bit of heat or a little acid or citrus coming in. There's always a little something unexpected. So for instance, I do a braised chicken thighs with fennel, lemon, and dates in this book. And that to people are like, they're like dates. What do you mean? And there's like the subtle hint of sweetness coming through. That's so welcome. Um, I'm making the Buffalo cauliflower tacos tonight. Oh, so, so excited. <laughs> I mean, so I've been like hooked on the Buffalo wings just in general, but then I Love. saw your version with the Buffalo sauce. I'm like, I don't need to know anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anything else. This is what's happening. Yeah, no, I love, and the, I, I, um, coat the cauliflower florets in a little rice flour in that recipe, a little rice flour, like almost tempura batter. And it, you know, get really nice and crispy. And I mean, it's just, it's a delicious, I'm very glad that you're making that, um, a little ranch slaw on top. But again, like if you say, you know, Buffalo cauliflower, Buffalo cauliflower tacos and ranch slaw, no one's like, ah, health food, you know, like, yeah. Right. That's what I mean. It's supposed to be fun and also good for you. That was like fundamentally the epiphany moment of this book. Um, It was, I I do not want to enjoy my life or feel like I'm taking less good care of myself any less when I'm taking really good care of myself than I do when I'm indulging. That was said really complicated. I'll say it the step. I'm following, but you can go again. Yeah. (laughs) I, I do not want to enjoy my life any less when I'm taking really good care of myself than I do when I'm indulging. And I actually think it's sort of counterintuitive that we would, that we've been told we should feel like we're suffering when we're actually prioritizing our health. Cause like, to me, you're taking really good care of yourself. Shouldn't that feel great? You know, like that, yeah. that was sort of the moment of eat your heart out was like, Oh, this is going to be a book about healthy eating that you are genuinely going to want to like come and sink your teeth into. And, uh, and that you really can in many ways have your cake and eat it too. So there you go. There you go. There you go. I love it. You've accomplished that. I mean, easily, easily. And hey. I'm a big, I'm a cookbook collector and I love just like reading them cover to cover the photography. Yes. I mean, everything I could just gush and gush and gush. You just were radiant and your outfits should be like linked in the back of the book. <laughs> You're so, Thank you. <laughs> so beautiful. I also, I didn't know how I was going to pull it in your, um, the dress that you wore to the book launch that was it the pink one you, or was that on yes. TV with it feathers on the bottom? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We just need a moment um, for that dress. <laughs> oh, we need a moment for that dress. You know, what we also need a moment for the fact that like bizarre, you know, book tour kind of snuck up on me, which is because we were doing the good dish. I, I was flying back and forth to New York. Monday nights and flying home Thursday nights every week for 10 weeks from January through April. And, and then I got home, had like two weeks at home to catch up on a bunch of other work that I'd neglected in that time and then went on book tour. And so I really hadn't had time to like plan outfits or do any of that stuff. And I was so stressed about it. And I literally like the night before leaving for book tour opened a bunch of press mailers and I'd gotten that adorable yellow dress from Damaris Bailey that I wore on Gmail that I was obsessed with. The, the red, the pink dress that you're referencing is from, oh my gosh, I will remember it. Arlington 19. 
um, okay. that I bought for like a friend's wedding months before. And it had gotten to me super late and I missed it using it for the wedding. It's just been hanging in my closet, doing nothing. It was the perfect dress. It like matched this book. It was oh, just, yeah. it was just funny how the universe like helped me out. In that yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. It was uh, made for you, you and <laughs> yeah, it was made for you and this book. And it was just like, it was perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I don't think anyone else could pull it off that way. So just had to <laughs> it throw was a that fuchsia feather dress. It was an, it was a bold statement. I will say that. <laughs> um, really quick. I want to touch back on this. Um, so you eliminate in this book and in the reset, you eliminate, um, specifically gluten, you limit dairy and refined sugar. Um, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of hype, right? Like gluten-free people think, yes. okay, I have to be gluten-free to be healthy or all these misconceptions, right? So totally. I just kind of want to hear from you, um, why these three and what evident changes do you notice when you eliminate them? Yes, for sure. It's a really important question because I, it, it is very easy to find a bunch of gluten-free refined sugar-free things in your life that are really bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> They're so yeah. processed so toxic, so overloaded with other things to compensate for what they're taking out. And that to me, like totally defies the logic of being on a reset in the first place. It, it, and which is why I'd said that I really do try to avoid anything processed or packaged during this time. Um, you know, because it is an unstated sort of goal of the book too, is to remove those elements that are that can be inflammatory because we know how much aging and uh, and lifestyle diseases associated with aging are ultimately coming down to inflammation in the body. And um, so I, I, when I said I took away gluten and refined sugar, that wasn't because of some health fad like, oh, no gluten equals weight loss. It was genuinely because those were the two things I found myself becoming addicted to and feeling very reliant on in those moments in my life when I wasn't making good choices, like, like, or that I was eating from convenience eating because I was really busy, really stressed out, or because I was celebrating having a great time. And like, they're just, there's a reason um, they're hard to avoid when you're, you know, eating packaged foods because they're in basically everything, you know, <laughs> like if you're eating out of a vending machine, if you're eating on the go and like buying something quick to take with you, chances are, you know, it, it has some form of gluten and it has some form of refined sugar in it. And so I, um, I just wanted to force myself to have that conscious moment choice of just like recognizing what I'm putting in my body and making good choices where I can. Um, and what I see when I, and, and the limited dairy very much from, from, you know, I luckily no one in my family and, and I am not uh, allergic to gluten, obviously not allergic to sugar and uh, not allergic to dairy. And I eat all these things. People who see me on social media are probably like, but I watched you eat ice cream on Sunday. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, uh, but it's, but during those five days a week, when I follow this, um, when I'm on the reset, I find that these are things that um, when I focus on the abundance of things that are not part of those, those groups, it, I focus on lots of veggies. I focus on protein and fiber rich legumes and grains and, um, and seeds like quinoa. I focus on, um, lean proteins. Like I, my priority and my focus is on things that I find much more health supportive and, and, uh, and just, you know, a little bit easier for my body to digest. And, um, and the results that I see are that I fit better in my clothes. I have more energy. I sleep better. I feel more in, this is something sort of subtle, but I feel more in control because I feel like I am not being led to, to make choices because again, like I said, I am not feeling led to make choices because I either haven't 
plan my day or feel caught in the trap of just like running between a hundred different things and needing to eat on the go or feel like I'm um, like I haven't uh, given myself a strategy for success. And I think that even just, it's like waking up in the morning and getting a workout in first thing, even if it's a 10 minute workout, that dopamine hit of like setting a goal for yourself and achieving it, it is just, a, it, it um, in, a, in a wonderful way, it is a domino effect for the rest of my day. So I feel like when I tell myself I'm going to have these types of foods and I actually follow through with that, it ends up being, a really positive mindset for the day itself. Wow. I love that. Relatable for so many of us. Um, okay. So for the person listening, who's like, okay, Daphne, I'm with you. I'm a foodie, but I recognize that my eating could off like use an overhaul or I can use a reset. What would your encouragement be to them? Cause I feel like this is, can be an overwhelming realization for some people. Well, I think something that, um, I found true in many areas of my life, but definitely in the kitchen and in food is, um, well, it's two sides of the same coin. On the one hand, if you love food the way that I do and and that we do, if you live for these great bites, you probably recognize that that part of what makes those delicious moments so special is that they are special. When you feel like you're indulging at every meal, when you feel like you are no longer making conscious choices, it's, things don't feel special anymore. They feel rote. So in some ways, I like to do a reset almost just to intensify the pleasure of the moments when I'm able to indulge and savor and like feel extravagant because it is so special again, because it is something that I feel like I'm treating myself really well in on both sides. I'm treating myself really well when I'm taking good care of myself and I'm treating myself really well when I'm uh, indulging. Um, and I, so I find that it elevates your pleasure more when you don't feel like it's just a habitual thing that you're doing. On the flip of that, I find that, um, you know, a lot of times in life, we think that closing doors is like shutting off opportunity. Mm -hmm. And what I found to be true in career and in life, um, you know, balancing, trying to find balance as a working mom, like all of these things, when I, tell myself and and I believe this to be true that closing doors actually or or by that I mean saying no to things mm-hmm. um actually gives you time back in your schedule and gives your life opportunity to say yes to the things that are hell yes like I I know times in my life when I couldn't do things I really wanted to do because I'd said yes to things I didn't really want to do And when, and the same is true with food. Like if you say yes to the stale store-bought brownie that your coworker has left in the kitchen for the last two months, because you're like bored and it's Thursday at two and you're like, like, I want a little something sweet, you know, but, but then your clothes don't fit and you don't feel good in your skin and your skin, you have, you know, breaking out with acne and like all the, then like, then you say no to going on a beautiful dinner date with your girlfriends, like, because you feel weird, you know, like that to me is such a bad trade-off of of overall joy in your life. So wow. that is what I'm, you know. Yeah. Um, that's my philosophy. It's a beautiful it. one. I love it. So, oh my gosh, I wish I'm going to get that. I'm going to listen back and get that quote, but you said, I think be careful of what you're saying. Don't say yes before your hell yes. Do you remember how you oh, said that? It came out so I, well. well. I don't remember how I said it exactly, <laughs> but but thank God you're recording. Um I know I said um I, I, I said saying, saying no actually leaves opportunity, saying no to things that are lukewarm or less for you actually leaves space and opportunity in your life to say yes to the things that are hell yes. 
I love that. I love that. So good. It's a little okay. long for a t-shirt, but <laughs> <laughs> front and back, we got it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Matching hat, um, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> oh man, I have so many questions, but we end each conversation um, with the same three questions for each guest. And I'd love to hear your answers to these as well. Um, it's always funny to answer or to ask this question after a conversation about food, but what is something that you have eaten recently and loved? Fresh mango. So we oh. are in June in Florida. It is, it is like tropicalia down here. You walk down sidewalks and mangoes literally fall on the sidewalk in front of you. And our neighbors have a gorgeous tree and they brought us a big bushel yesterday. And I've been chowing on fresh mango with tagine and our tahine. I've been, yeah, tahine. Um, and I, uh, I just, I like there's it's nature's candy. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's killer. We, um, lived in Asia for a while and I loved that season. You just walk down the you're driving down, you're walking down and it's literally like rain. They're everywhere. It's crazy. It's yeah. ridiculous. And like, you'd be careful because they'll, they'll like cut, cut, knock, you out. <laughs> knock you out, Death, taken by a mango. <laughs> yeah. Do you gnaw on the, um, the seed in the middle? Seed. Yes. Which is why you have to eat it at home. So you can go get floss afterwards because yes, it's so bad, but they're the most, del- I'm not going to waste a single ounce of flesh. It's so good. Yeah. At the market, they would be like, do you want this? And I'm like, yes, I want it. <laughs> Best part. It is. <laughs> um, and something you found to be beautiful lately. Um, something I found to be beautiful lately. So many things. I, well, I feel like every, literally every person I follow on Instagram is in Italy right now. So oh I feel gosh. like I'm just mooning over, you know, beautiful Portofino and, um, and pasta dishes everywhere in cerulean blue waters and, um, and closer to home, uh, my kids, my kids weren't feeling well this weekend and everybody was sort of just like laying low and my older two who are six and eight and can be like cats and dogs and also can be totally inseparable. Um, usually inseparable because my son just like wants to follow his big sister around everywhere she goes. Um, <laughs> they just had like a really beautiful moment. They were like snuggling together, like these little puppies in the bed. And it was so cute. It was, they were like watching a movie and just tucked in together. And it was, you know, that's pretty beautiful. You just see these little moments of, of love and memories forming and just like connection. And to think that, you know, we made these people, was very beautiful. Oh, I love it. I'm talking about Italy. We were talking about both of our dogs named Luca. Luca is actually named after the city, Luca, L-U-C-C-A. Oh, Have you yes, been? Very nice. I haven't been actually, no, I haven't. Add that to is that where you did you meet there? Is that what's the significance of the place? Uh, we honeymooned in kind of that general area and we just stumbled upon it. It's a city, like a medieval city almost. And the shopping, the food, it's just killer. It's killer. Honestly, I haven't found one place in Italy. I don't love to shop and eat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last but not least a gathering you attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging. And if you could pinpoint it, what it was that made you feel that way? Um, I was up in Pennsylvania in June um, for my dad's birthday and ended up staying about a week with the kids at my grandparents' place mm. up there. And I just, it, I would think, I would said to my grandma, I was like, I don't think I've spent a week at your house since before I got married. Like, I can't, I mean, cer- like, I can't remember the last, I was certainly not um, in, in Georgia, like just a random time, not with, you know, lots of family obligations and like Christmas or something where it was a big holiday. Um, 
And it was, I mean, I just, we would, we would cook dinner. We'd go on like an adventure during the day with the kids and go explore the area and do something fun. We'd come home, we'd make dinner. We'd, I'd put the kids to bed, we'd watch an old movie. Like it was just all the things that we used to do when I was little. And I felt so, I said to my husband, when I got home, I was like, I felt so filled up by that just feeling of how, how grateful I am for our family and how those memories and to see my kids get to have real lasting memories with their great grandparents. Yeah. I mean, it was just a phenomenal generational gap um, with a lot of fun being had by all. So that made me feel very filled up. Very, very sweet. Well, I am going to link the book in the show notes for those that are itching to run and buy it right now, but where else can they find you? Where do you want to send them? Oh, well, come hang out on TikTok, on Instagram. I'm at Daphne Oz. You can find out everything you'd ever want to know about Eat Your Heart Out on DaphneOz.com. And it is available wherever books are sold. Thank you. Thank you. So rich. And oh my gosh, I just want to go eat. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> awesome. So Katie, much. thank you. It was a Thanks joy. A lot. Okay. Very much so. Thanks, Have a good guys. one. See you next week.